Oral questions by members? Member for Prince George Wilmount. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Last week, British Columbians were shocked to learn that multiple publicly traded companies are positioning themselves in our province to profit off of the addiction crisis by manufacturing and distributing hard drugs. Adastra Holdings, a cannabis company, now has permission to produce and distribute cocaine in our province. And Sunshine Earth Labs has a license for cocaine, heroin, morphine, and ecstasy. Despite the fact that British Columbia is the only province in Canada where this is happening, the Premier admitted he was shocked and bewildered last week, and he promised answers. So to the Premier, can he tell British Columbians today how many other companies have received or are awaiting Health Canada's approval to produce and distribute drugs like cocaine, heroin and ecstasy in British Columbia? Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member for her question, and we are not aware of any. Member for Prince George Wilmore, supplemental. Well, we should be very clear that we have companies in British Columbia who, in their own words, are positioning themselves to take advantage of the fact that our province is the only one in Canada that is moving ahead with decriminalization without, in fact, having met the checklist that the federal government laid out and without proper safeguards in place. So we should also be clear that last week, this government didn't know that currently there are two companies, so I can assure the minister that we're going to continue to raise this issue until this government gets the answers that British Columbians deserve. So again, to the Premier, how many companies have received approval, have applied, and are awaiting approval to possess, produce, sell, and distribute drugs like cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy in our province and nowhere else in Canada? Minister of Public Safety and... Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And again, I thank the, uh, the member for her question. Uh, as I said a moment ago, we're not aware of any. But what we are aware of, Honourable Speaker, is an opposition decided to take a press release and make it appear to the public of British Columbia that this government was in favour of the legalisation of co cocaine and other hard drugs, Honourable Speaker, which is simply not true. And, Honourable Speaker, instead of checking on the information, they went out to, uh, to alarm the public. And what became clear, Honourable Speaker, was that the, uh, the, the, the company in question was completely wrong in what they have said. They do not have a license to distribute and sell and retail illegal drugs. They were given a license by Health Canada for research, for research into, into uh, drugs. What's clear, Honourable Speaker, is that cocaine and heroin and all the things the member wants to talk about are illegal in this country, illegal in this province, will continue to be illegal, and we do not support. And we do members, members, wait for your turn, please. Member, thank Minister you, Honourable Speaker. What's clearly changed, Honourable Speaker, or what's not changed, Honourable Speaker, is that opposition's inability to get the facts straight when it comes to the use of drugs.
Member for South Surrey. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And since we're going to be factual, I have a copy of the original Ad Astra Labs um, press release. I do. And I'm going to quote here. We proactively pursued the amendment to our dealer's license to include cocaine back in December 2022. We will evaluate how the commercialization of this substance fits in with our business model at Ad Astra in an effort to position ourselves to support the demand for the safe supply of cocaine. And then it goes on, Mr. Speaker, to talk about how in British Columbia there's a three-year exemption. And so clearly talking about our decriminalization. And there wouldn't be a rush to secure licenses like this if the Premier had not recklessly pursued policies like decriminalization without the guardrails. Mr. Speaker. Members, let's hear the question. Members. Mr. Speaker, the medical model of publicly supplied addictive drugs involves prescribing opiates, yes, as part of a step towards treatment. This medical model is what was endorsed by the Health Committee. Drugs like cocaine are not prescribed today. But the BC Centre on Substance Use has been leading efforts to expand the access to cocaine, including through expanded safe supply, so-called compassion clubs, opioid co-ops, and a buyer's club model. So, question through you, Mr. Speaker, to the Premier. Does he support these efforts to expand access and the markets for cocaine that companies like Ad Astra and Sunshine Labs are attempting to exploit? Minister of Public Safety. Thanks again, uh, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member for the question. And um, after this misleading approach that was taken last week, it's unfortunate that, again, they uh, want to choose the same approach today in question period when I know, Honourable Speaker, that they know the facts on this particular case. And in case their members don't know um, what the facts are, I'm more than happy to uh, read them the statement from Health Canada, which went out immediately after Health Canada saw a copy of their press release. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. A Dastra's Labs license does not, I repeat, does not allow it to sell cocaine to the general public. It also does not allow the company... Members. Please continue. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. It also does not allow the company to conduct activities with uh, psilocycin. Notwithstanding the tight limitations imposed on your company on activities related to the license, your news release of February 22nd makes make sweeping statements, including related to safe supply and decriminalization in British Columbia, that could lead a reasonable reader to infer that your company intends to sell cocaine to the general public. Honourable Speaker, Health Canada says they don't have the ability to do that and will not approve it. This side of the House says they do not have the ability to do that and would not support that. It is illegal. To, it would be illegal to do what they want to do to do, Honourable Speaker, and it will continue to remain that way, Honourable Speaker. Member for South Surrey Supplemental. Mr. Speaker, I want to be clear that this side of the House is not misleading the public. In fact, to quote the news release, I'll tell you that at Ask 
Astra says, and I quote, Ad Astra is poised to be a drug formulation and development leader in these emerging sectors. So let's be clear what these companies care let's about is it. making money and exploiting the addictions crisis for profit. This is what their intention was, those are what their words were, and this is not in any way an attempt to mislead. This is asking questions that need to be asked of a government that doesn't know what's going on. Possess, produce, sell, and distribute Members. hard drugs like cocaine in BC because they see a developing market here. This is why it's happening in British Columbia and nowhere else in Canada. And on Friday, Sunshine Earth Labs released a statement saying Members, please continue. On Friday, Sunshine Earth Labs released a statement to the media saying, and I quote, while this notion may be difficult for some to accept, it represents the rational next step, end quote. And over the weekend, we heard of a private venture called The Drugs Store that plans to sell cocaine, heroin, and meth from a retail store in Vancouver within two weeks. So can the Premier give a clear answer on the government's position towards the so-called safe supply of cocaine? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. Um, and what we're witnessing here today uh, in this House is an opposition that was shot down on their questions last week and is, desperate, is desperately trying to make an issue out of... Members, members, no need to... That is desperately back, trying to make an issue, Honourable Speaker, out of an issue, out of something that this government does not support and has made it clear it does not support, and as Health, Health Canada made it clear it does not support. And I know the member likes to quote the, uh, the press release, the first press release uh, from the company, and I, I read to her uh, the, uh, the response from Health Canada. Now perhaps I will read you what uh, Adastra has also said. That Members. The license issued to Adastra does not, and I will repeat, I know it's hard for them to understand, Honourable Speaker, and I get that, I get that because we saw... Members, members, Tell you wait what, for your turn, please. Member, mansplaining is in saying we support uh, um, uh, nine, expanded 911 service and then voting against it. So the license issued to Adastra does not permit Adastra Labs to sell psilocybin Members. or cocaine to the general public. There, it is. Members will come to order. Minister will continue. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I didn't know, uh, pointing out a fact, uh, that uh, when this side of the House brought forward a specific issue to fund $150 million costs that would not be borne by local government, um, and instead will be picked up by the province to ensure that we have better, better 911, better 911 in this province that helps first okay. responders and helps the public. That saying that, explain that is patronizing, honourable speaker. That says Anyway, honourable speaker, and I, 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 I will, I will finish with this, honourable speaker. Industrial labs is only permitted to sell to other licensed. Dealers who have 
pharmacists, practitioners, hospitals, and it's for research purposes only. I will repeat for them once again, we do not support the legalization of cocaine, its distribution, it is illegal at the federal level, it's illegal at the provincial level, it will continue to be that way, it's too bad they don't get that. Leader of the third party. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Budget 2023 saw very little in the way of expanding BC Transit, but people outside of the Lower Mainland and Greater Victoria would like to have reliable public transit. Let's just compare the CRD, where there are 30 buses a day between Souk and Victoria that cost $2.50, versus the Cowichan Valley Regional District with a population of 83,000 people, and there are six buses in the morning between 5.30 and 6.45 a.m., and six buses in the evening, and that's it. And they cost $10 each way. We have a deep inequality when it comes to public transportation in this province. If you live in Quesnel, you can't get a bus to Prince George. If you live in Merritt, good luck getting to Hope. Penticton to Vancouver, faster to ride a bicycle than to catch a bus. My question, Honourable Speaker, is to the Minister of Transportation. Does he believe that all British Columbians should have access to reliable public transportation in and between their communities? Minister of Transportation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker, and thank you to the member for the question, because it gives me an opportunity to talk about Budget 2023 and the record levels of investment for public transit in this province. The, uh, the service plan before government uh, quadruples capital investments in public transit in every community around British Columbia that is served by BC Transit, Mr. Speaker. It builds upon record levels of investment in expanding operations, of public transit services uh, throughout communities in BC. Make no mistake, we are blessed in this province to have a system like BC Transit that other provinces do not have, where every community with over 5,000 residents has a service provider in the BC Transit system. We are expanding intercommunity routes and services across this province, including in that member's uh, constituency. Uh, the context of this budget is in marked contrast to other provinces right now, Mr. Speaker, where the debate is about how many service hours they are cutting, how many employees they are laying off, they are moving backwards on transit. This province is moving forwards in gigantic leaps and bounds by making record investments in the expansion of public transit in our province. Thank you. Leader of the third party supplemental. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. I'm, I'm keen to hear more about these record investments from what I saw looking through the budget was a $6 million increase to operations for BC Transit. Maybe the Minister can explain that part. And I'm also hearing that the plan for my riding is actually to reduce the number of commuter buses, not increase. We currently are in a situation in British Columbia where people outside of the Lower Mainland and the CRD have limited to no access to public transportation within their communities or between their communities. And honestly, having buses that are running that don't, aren't part of a network, that don't meet the needs of people that aren't 
reliable or uh, regular enough doesn't create the network of public transit that we need. I'm going to go back to my original question, Honourable Speaker, again to the Minister of Transportation. Does he believe that all British Columbians should have access to reliable public transportation in and between their communities? Minister. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. And again to the member, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, some of the improvements uh, that are happening. Uh, first of all, between communities, as she mentions, where there has been service gaps that have been filled by this government since Greyhound pulled out of here in 2018. Uh, we have worked very uh, hard to create a new company called BC Bus North, which we are funding through the Northern Development Initiative Trust. We have also expanded the number of communities connected by BC Transit. Pemberton Whistler has a commuter, Nelson Castlegar, Trail Castlegar, the Soyuz Princeton Kelowna is now connected to Penticton. Uh, there is service from Vernon to Kelowna, operated by BC Transit. And as the member knows, there is service from Victoria to Cowichan Valley that didn't exist a couple of short years ago, uh, as well as between Victoria, Shawnigan Lake, and the new Nanaimo Cowichan Express, which we introduced in Budget 2022. I know the member will probably uh, vote against this budget, even though it represents the largest expansion of BC Transit funding uh, in decades, uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, for the record, the member should know, and perhaps I would direct your attention to BC Transit's service plan, but the service plan calls for $1.35 billion in operating funding for BC Transit. That is the largest sum of money for operations of transit, allowing an expansion of service that this province has ever seen, as well as a record investment of $1.2 billion in capital. And on top of that, Mr. Speaker, this budget introduced by the, our finance minister for the first time introduces money to align affordable housing with public transit expansion okay. through the introduction of a transit-oriented development fund. That's what progress looks like, Mr. Speaker, and that's what this budget does. Member for Westland, Cooper Capilano. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, we know that harm reduction is a very important component in preventing drug-related deaths and in helping people start on and stay on the recovery journal, uh, journey. Um, immediate access to life-saving medications is critical for those who are wanting to stop hard drugs. But under this government, the logistical and financial barriers are often presenting access to drugs like naloxone and suboxone. It's too difficult to get. It takes too long to get. So will the Premier eliminate user fees for non-government methadone and suboxone clinics? Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you. With respect to the work that our, uh, that our uh, health authorities are doing, that our frontline officials are, uh, uh, health uh, 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 frontline providers are doing with respect to, and many community partners, I must say, and I had a chance, in fact, to be visiting with some of our community partners in, uh, in Victoria this morning, uh, those programs are working, uh, working very hard to provide access to harm reduction supports and services. Uh, there are uh, many, many of those services that, uh, are, in fact, are, at, are provided at no cost to, uh, to the individuals who need them. Uh, we're working hard to work with providers to make sure that we're scaling up um, prescribed safer supply models so that we can reach more people. That's work we'll continue to do with our partners so that we can support that, step, that initial step on a treatment and recovery journey for British Columbians. 
Member for West Vancouver Capilano, supplemental. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I did not uh, hear in what the minister said an answer to the question. Um, we continue to hear over and over from people that they are lacking access to these important drugs uh, or that the fees are uh, impairing their ability to receive them. So eliminating fees is a practical step. The Premier could commit to taking this today. Another positive step would be adopting our Better as Possible plan to create a virtual opioid dependency program to ensure immediate access for those who don't have a doctor, as we know one in five British Columbians don't have a doctor, and can't get into a walk-in clinic. Under the NDP, um, these wait times are making it worse in the country, and this is just adding to the inability for people to get life-saving drugs that they need to break, uh, break their cycle. Will the Premier create a virtual opioid dependency program like the one in Alberta? Minister. Thank you, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member uh, for her question and for her interest in ensuring that indeed we can work to provide um, services and supports to people to keep them alive while we try to connect them with the care and support that we need. That is a very fundamental um, point, I think, that was discussed during the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the all-party standing, the Select Standing Committee on Health. We know from our, our, our public health officials, we know from evidence that, that, is, uh, that that's an important step. And in fact, many of our health authorities do provide access to, uh, to virtual services, and we're certainly looking at ways that we can support expanding uh, those services. I, I thank the, the member very much for her interest in this topic. Member for Study White Rock. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Rather than taking practical measures to improve access to life-saving medications and to facilitate recovery, this NDP government is allowing taxpayer-supplied opioids to be sold to drug dealers. Nanaimo, prescription labels and discarded pill bottles are littering the streets. Members of this house will know that. Resident Colin Middleton says taxpayer-supplied drugs are, and I quote, being used as a commodity to trade to the street dealers for fentanyl. End quote. This NDP government has failed to provide oversight of drugs that are ending up in the hands of high school kids and increasing drug use and drug addictions. You can moan all you want, but this is what's happening on the streets and members of this house know it. So my question is to the Premier. Can families trust this Premier when oversight and protections are missing and now we see publicly traded companies lining up to profit from so-called safe supply? Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Well, if, if we're going to go back on the conversation about the uh, unfortunate initial press release uh, seriously overreaching press release from Ad Astra last week. Um, what I will note, again, as my colleague has already done uh, last week and again today, there is no option for Ad Astra or any other company to commercialize illicit drugs that they are not, for which they do not hold a license for, for that purpose. That was actually clear in the first press release, um, Honourable Speaker, and had, uh, had the members in fact read the entirety of the press release, they would have seen the qualification that expressed the, the, the theoretical possibility that the company was, uh, was, was putting forward in their initial, Member for their, their initial statement. Mr. will continue. Of course, Honourable Speaker, 
we are very concerned about the health and well-being and safety of all members in the community. And when it comes to providing access to harm reduction supports and services, we work very closely with health authorities, with public health, with our partners in a very regulated and tight way to provide access to the care and support and medications that individuals need and to, to direct those supports and services to that population. That's work that we, are, that we will continue to do. Should the member have a particular concern about a particular case, I would be pleased to, to, to work with him and hear about it and, and follow up on that. Member Vasari White Rock, supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And for this government, for this minister, for this premier, for the solicitor general to get up in this house and pretend that these companies, to pretend that these public companies are positioning themselves for research only is completely and utterly a failure of the responsibility of all MLAs in this house. I'll say this. What we are seeing in Nanaimo is exactly what we are seeing with drug vending machines in Vancouver, where drugs are being diverted to high school students. And this NDP government has failed time and time again to provide the oversight to ensure that highly addictive drugs don't get diverted to teenagers, amplifying the addiction crisis. Members, let's hear the question. The members, the members on the other side can laugh all they want, but I think the public's actually expecting some serious answers on this. Members, members, the chair knows nobody was laughing. It's okay. Let them finish the question. Please, let him listen. Let, let's hear the question. The question is this, Mr. Speaker. How can anyone in this province trust this premier to protect the youth while decriminalizing drugs like cocaine, fentanyl, crystal meth, given this NDP's government lacks approach to diversion of drugs being resold to teenagers. Solicitor General. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. Um, the desperation of this opposition, Honourable Speaker, knows no bounds. Mr. Uh, Honourable Speaker, um, we asked British Columbians how they feel in uh, 2020. I'm looking at the numbers, they seem to like us uh, a lot better than that side of the house. Let's be clear, Honourable Speaker. Let's be clear, Honourable Speaker. What we have seen from this opposition over last week and now here today to Monday is to twist and to falsify information that went out in a press release. And they know it, Honourable Speaker. Honourable Speaker, this side of the House has made it clear that we do not support the legalization of heroin and cocaine, like we want to suggest on the other side, Honourable Speaker. This side of the House has made it clear that that press release was wrong, that what they're wanting to do is wrong, and that the, the approach that we have taken, Honourable Speaker, when it comes to harm reduction, is to go with health experts 
those with lived experience, the police, the chiefs of police who support the approach that we have taken, Honourable Speaker, and we have been evidence-based. That's exactly how we are going to deal with the, the opioid crisis and the addictions crisis in the province, and we are not going to deal with it by the fear-mongering and the falsehoods coming from that side. Chair will caution the minister and all of them. Please be careful about your wording. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I, I, uh, the, the word falsehood was too strong. I should have used misinformation. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. <laughs> Opposition House Leader. Opposition House Leader. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Well, as we've been saying for months, uh, this Premier and his government simply did not do the work. They didn't prepare and they neglected to implement the federal letter of requirements that, that, would, that if they had been put in place, would have ensured that there would have been necessary guardrails uh, due to the consequences of decriminalization and publicly supplied addictive drugs. They didn't do their work. And the situation is a complete and total mess. The Solicitor General can stand up and, and, and flail his arms in the air. The end of the day, at the end of the day, this government has responsibility for public safety and they're not doing their job. The, the lack of preparation was confirmed when the Premier confessed last week that he had no idea what's going on and saying, and I quote, I was astonished. I share your shock. I didn't even believe it. I don't understand. I'm absolutely astonished. End quote. This is the response of the Premier of British Columbia. What is, what, is, what is shocking is the apparent disconnect between the federal government and the provincial government about what's actually going on. That's not reassuring for British Columbians at all. And Mr. Speaker, at the end of the day, ironically, the Premier even said, we can't afford missteps, end quote. That's exactly what's happening. We've, we've profiled this last week, we've said it again today, publicly traded companies positioning themselves to commercialize and exploit this crisis. Uh, opioid co-ops and private companies working to increase access to hard, addictive drugs. Lax oversight that is enabling the diversion of hard drugs to teenagers in Nanaimo and Vancouver. And guess what, Mr. Speaker? This isn't happening in any other part of the country. It's happening here in British Columbia because this Premier and this NDP government rushed headlong into decriminalization and publicly supplied addictive drugs without the necessary guardrails in place. So surely to God the Premier would be willing to stand up here today, stand up on behalf of his government and take responsibility for his government's complete and total lack of preparedness, this mess for these multiple missteps and his own ignorance and shock at what is actually going on. Premier. Speaker, all I can say is what a disappointment. What a disappointment. Not a surprise. Shh, not a surprise, but what a disappointment. 
You know, the issue of people dying in the toxic drug crisis, you know, we were, we were making traction before the pandemic, and then during the pandemic, drugs got far more toxic. And the chiefs of police joined with us, joined with the opposition, joined with this side of the house, joined with a third party and said, decriminalization is a way to get between predatory drug dealers and people struggling with addiction. Let's give it a shot. Let's try what we can to keep people alive. And that side of the house had so many chances to vote on it. Motions, parliamentary committees, and we were united in that because we're trying to save lives, we're trying to keep people alive, get them into treatment. And to see this approach at a, at a time when we need unity around an incredibly challenging public health crisis is so disappointing. Uh, Honorable Speaker, the reason I was astonished is because the press release was false. It wasn't true. And so you have a bad actor. Members, bad there's actor, no need for extra Speaker. commentary, please. Let's join together and say, unacceptable. Just as we've been joined together on this public health issue from the beginning. Now, I'll say, Honourable Speaker, we've made some important investments in the budget to address a shared concern, making sure that treatment is available for people when they need it. That's why we're trying to keep people alive, so they get into treatment a billion dollars to open beds across the province. But, Honourable Speaker, people who want to commercialize hard drugs, people who want to sell hard drugs and profit from that in our province, if that company wants to do that, we're going to take their lab, we're going to take their business, we're going to take their homes, Honourable Speaker, just like we did with the Hells Angels clubhouses. Right? Members, 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 please. Members will come to order and the Premier will conclude, please. Who got the job done, Honourable Speaker? Who got the job done? Just like, just like we shut down money laundering in our casinos, the pros. Please conclude it. Members, members, let's finish it. Member for Vancouver Langara. Why are you prolonging it, members? Please. We told, we told landlords that host businesses like this, we're going to take their properties. And when we finish the job with unexplained wealth order legislation, we're going to introduce this session. I hope the other side of the House will vote for it, Honourable Speaker. The bell ends the question period.